What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? everyone and welcome back to an awesome episode of the top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As that introduction just told you, I'm your host Tia and today we have a really awesome topic that we're going to be covering. It is the top 10 best plot twists in television and film. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where I'm sure everyone's used them by the M. Night Shyamalan movies because there's always what a twist in that uh, in that any film that he does. So I just think that this is going to be fun. Um, We're just going to go through the 10 plots. Obviously, there's much more in television and film that we're not going to get to cover today. But, you know, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, let us know what your uh, choices were for plot twists in television and film. But before I go any further, I have to introduce my co-host for today, who is actually not only the person who gave uh, the idea for this topic, but also a top 10 first, Kelly Kantrowitz. How are you, Kelly? Hey, Tia. I'm well. Thanks for having me on the show today. Oh, no problem at all. I understand that it's early on a Sunday, but you know what? What is a better way to start the day than the top 10? So we're just going to go right into it. And Kelly, I'm going to put you in the hot seat and give you the number 10 spot. (laughs) Okay. So, well, in no particular order, as we talked about, Tia, um, one of my favorite plot twists was um, The Haunting of House Hill, when we found out who the bent neck lady was. So, um, you know, throughout the show, we're, like, horrified by this ghost that keeps appearing with her neck twisted off to the side. And then we finally find out that it was one of the main character Nell's death. And it was her the whole time that was um, kind of haunting and spooking the audience. So that was uh, for me, such a big plot twist and a a good additive to an overall great show. Oh, wow. So, you know, I've not seen a haunting of house Hill, So I'm sure that that would have been a, pretty good plot twist to find out and I should say before we go any further obviously there's going to be spoilers in this so my bad guys but spoiler um, alert (laughs) I know that you really like this show and it's coming back for a second season so it's going to be interesting to see what the plot twists are going to be in the second season Um, And for those who don't know, Kelly actually got to interview one of the cast members from The Haunting of Hill House. Do you remember, Kelly, um, I'm sorry, I don't have it off the top of my head, but who you spoke with? I don't have it off the top of my head either, but it was a really great conversation to hear about how – you know, we as an audience get to watch it and why, you know, I couldn't watch it after dark. Let's just put it that way. It was a daytime watch for me. Um, But how, you know, the vibe is on set when you're filming something like this and how, you know, you have to get into these, these roles and you have to really express like true horror in an authentic way that's going to resonate with the audience. So it was cool to talk about what it's like to shoot something like this and be on a set um, you know, that's just completely horrifying watching the finished product. So um, I'm really excited for season two. Hopefully there'll be someone else who wants to talk to us, and I'd love to do that. Yes, absolutely. That will be great to find that out if we can get that locked down. And I'm looking forward to hearing when the second season comes out what you think of it. So I think that's a great way to start the list. It's obviously a spooky show that people really just, I think, had positive reactions for. Um, so, yeah, great moment, Kelly. 
I'm going to hit the number nine spot. So because, again, I know this isn't in any particular order, but I'm going to kind of keep my soft uh, plot twist more so in the front and do the, like, bigger ones towards the end. So I know that this is probably not going to be a big plot twist for those who, like, read the comics or anything like that. But for me, it was um, a plot twist. Um, in the first season of The Punisher, when Billy Russo betrayed Frank Castle, because even if, I guess, you read the comics, in the comics, Billy Russo was never a friend of Frank Castle. So the fact that they made him one in the show, maybe they kind of thought that they were going to go in a different direction with that, and they really kind of set up how the two of them had this real brotherhood with each other so that I guess so much maybe it wasn't a plot twist necessarily for the audience, but it was certainly a plot twist for Frank Castle when he was in the stairwell running um, and Madani was chasing him and then suddenly Billy Russo was just alluding that he would shoot Frank Castle because he was a danger and then suddenly all the wheels started turning in Frank's head, realizing that Billy is not a good guy and doesn't have his back. And so I think that at least in the context of in the show, that that was very shocking and certainly not anything that Frank uh, thought would happen considering how close he and Billy were. So I think as a subtle uh, plot twist moment, something that those who aren't extreme diehard comic book readers would find shocking. I'm going to put that as my number nine. Kelly, what did you think about that? And did you know prior that Billy Russo was a bad guy? I didn't. So that was a plot twist for me as well. Um, like you said, be a soft plot twist, but um, that it was like almost upsetting because uh, it felt that can resonate with a lot of people, right? So a friend over the year or something that betrays you. Um, and I like how strong they made their bond, especially fighting um, in a war together. So um, that moment for me was was really just kind of set the tone for the rest of the show, and you knew that Billy and Frank were going to be at odds. Um, also, not surprised that you chose something from The Punisher to put <laughs> on your yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good one for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had to throw it in there, obviously. But as you said, it was a shocker to you because you and I, I think. Uh, don't necessarily read the comics like for me maybe I'll go back and look at what the history of certain things are just to kind of get that information but I'm not a dedicated comic book reader like that which is probably not the thing that I should say for a show like this but whatever um but to me it definitely was a thing. yeah I always go back after I watch it and then kind of research what the plot line should have been because I always find it really fascinating how the writers decide to transition something like a comic to screen um, and the decisions they make as far as what they keep and what plot they decide to change Um, so I find it always interesting after to go back and kind of read how they deviated from you know the classic storyline yeah, and they certainly deviated from the classic storyline here in the comics. Billy Russo is a, like, I guess almost like a mafia leader and had a wife and a kid who he is very abusive towards. He was never friends with Frank Castle, so they really took very much creative liberties, which I was completely fine with because I think that Ben Barnes and John Bernthal did absolutely a fantastic job conveying this brotherhood, and it hurt just that much more when Billy betrayed Frank. So definitely I wanted to put that as my number nine, just because, as you said, not surprised that I put a Punisher moment on this list. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, they they make him a more sympathetic character, which is always, I feel like, what they go for, because when you can evoke more emotion from the audience, it's, it's more effective and powerful for the show overall. Exactly. And it just made me think of another like plot twist in the Defenders universe. I'm not going to say it right now because if either of us choose it, I'll definitely put it as an honorable mention. But yes, so 
That's my number nine. Um, and I'm going to shoot right back over to you, Kelly, for your number eight. Okay, so for number eight, I have Get Out, um, the Jordan Peele film. So uh, that moment, well, there is totally a million plot twists in this movie, but um, <laughs> the one that really stood out to me was when, um, you know, his girlfriend is holding, he's like trying to get out of this house. He's realizing that something is not right here. And he, he, he looks to his girlfriend for the keys to his car. Cause he's like, we're leaving. And she does that like magical moment of holding up his keys. Like, Oh, these ones. Um, and then you realize she was in on it the whole time. So that to me was a great plot twist. Oh my God. That like, cause you know, it took me a little while to see Get Out, and when I did, I was, oh, my God, that was such a mind twist, that movie. Just, I thought the whole time, I was like, okay, so clearly all of these people are crazy, and they all have some really weird motive behind what they're doing to the main character. But I thought at least the girlfriend is good, right? At least the girlfriend uh, is, is, you know, the one person that you can trust here. And no, she was not at all. I mean, to find out that she orchestrated all of this and not only orchestrated his uh, involvement in the movie, but so many others before him. Like when you saw that scene where she's looking at all the photos in the shoebox, I mean, holy shit. Right, right. Oh. That was absolutely crazy, and I think it just attests to the fact that Jordan Peele is really good at making movies that have these type of plot twists, because I haven't seen Us. I don't know if you've seen Us. I've seen it, and uh, it has a similar uh, big plot twist, actually, that I didn't even think of for this list, but uh, towards the end of the movie. So I'm not going to give it away since you haven't seen it, Tia, but uh, you should definitely watch it. Well, yes, I know, I know. I'm really bad at that for some reason, like watching current movies. If they're not superhero movies, it takes me forever to finally watch them, and that's just my bad there. But I think that that's just Jordan Peele's signature. He's making these movies, and they have these plot twists in them, which is absolutely no surprise at all that he is behind the reboot of The Twilight Zone because that whole entire show... Like, The Twilight Zone was pretty much Black Mirror before Black Mirror existed. So the fact that Jordan Peele is behind the revival of The Twilight Zone is not shocking at all because that's just Jordan Peele's uh, MO. But I love that you chose uh, Get Out. Essentially, the whole entire movie is just a mind fuckery and to find out that the girlfriend or fiance, I forget whichever one she was, to find out that she pretty much orchestrated this whole thing was absolutely insane. Yeah. And I'm excited by the way about the reboot for uh the Twilight Zone. That was like half of my nightmares as a child. <laughs> it was one of those shows that we watched as a family and then I slept with the lights on. So I'm excited to see what they do with the reboot and I think Jordan Peele's gonna be awesome for that. Um and I think it's really cool just like a little nugget to throw out there. I think most people know this already but the recent movie us that he made was actually created off of like a genuine fear that he has um so it's like based off of something he always thought could be a possibility that's true so when you watch it or if you've already watched it think about that because then it really just is a whole like has your your wheels spinning in your head Oh, that's super interesting that he incorporated that within the movie. That, all right, now I'm even more excited to watch this. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch and, it. Come on, Tia. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say one more thing. Um, yeah, the Twilight Zone certainly messed me up a lot of those episodes. I don't know why, but we watched a few of them in high school. I don't know what teacher I have. I thought it was a good idea to show uh, kids the Twilight Zone, but yeah, the, especially the episode where the one guy just wants all the time in the world to read and his glasses fall off and break. I feel like that is very, um, you and I could relate to that because both of us wear contacts and if yep. we didn't have the means, then we'd be screwed. <laughs> 
right, you right. Just, I'd be holding the book all the way up to my face. Uh, me too. I was just going to say that. I would just have to have it, like, right up there and probably mess my eyes up even more. But, um, again, great pick for your number eight spot, Get Out. Um, if anyone has not seen this movie, you certainly have to because even I've seen this film. But, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the number seven spot. So, um, I don't know if we have talked about this, Kelly, but have you seen the show Hannah on Amazon Prime? I have. Great show. Okay, cool. So I, I was worried that I was going to spoil this for you, but I'm glad that I'm not. So I'm going to pick uh, finding out that Eric, who Joel Kinnaman plays, is not Hannah's real father. Because I don't know if that was in the original movie. I certainly didn't see the original movie because, again, I suck apparently. But uh, I didn't see I didn't... the original movie either, so you're not alone. Okay, cool. So I don't know if they touched upon that in the original movie or not, but for me it was certainly new. I really thought that that was his daughter because you spend 15 years in a forest trying to keep her safe. That seems like some really intense dedication. So for you to find out that Eric was not Hannah's biological father and, in fact, he had involvement with this organization where essentially he tracked down uh, expecting mothers who didn't want their children anymore to essentially be part of this insane government experiment was certainly a plot twist that I did not see coming at all. So I had to put this on the list um, just because I felt like that was something completely out of left field, but somehow worked because there are some times that there's plot twists that are completely uncalled for and make no sense, and it seems like they're just thrown in there for the sake of shock value. And I didn't feel like that was this because even after Hannah finds out that Eric isn't her biological dad, she's obviously very conflicted but in the end chooses to go along with him anyway because this is the man who raised her for 15 years and she still feels that uh, father-daughter connection to him. So, yeah, I'm going to pick uh, that shocker in Hannah. And, Kelly, I'm going to ask you how you felt about it. So I, I think that's a good one, Tia. Um, I definitely think a lot of people probably didn't see that coming. I always had a feeling he wasn't her father, to be honest. I knew that there was something off about their dynamic, and I knew that there was probably something to do with um, either a love interest of his that made him go uh, after Hannah or um, – you know, a this existential crisis where he decided what he was doing was not the right thing and decided to, you know, try to right his wrongs. Um, so I didn't actually see that as like a, a huge major moment just because I had already expected it, um, you know, as I started watching it. But I think definitely like from a viewership point of view, it still is a big reveal. Um and it was still a major moment. And you're right, it worked very well in the plot. Um, it wasn't forced by any means. Um, and it really, like, enhanced the overall story. So I think it's a good one to put on the list. Okay, yeah, I didn't see it at all. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why it just didn't stand out to me. I will say that the one thing I expected this show to do that they didn't I thought that they were going to allude to something that Eric and Marissa had had, like, a love uh, connection in the past, but it was just that they worked together. I don't know why I thought that that would be very typical, like, TV plot line, that they were going to say that the two of them were lovers. Maybe, again, I just completely misread that, but did you think that that was going to happen at some point? I did, I did, and I'm glad that they didn't go that way either, because, again, like you said, that's just such a, like, a typical thing to throw in there, and the show was so powerful standalone as it was that they didn't need those like little nuggets of add-ins um, just to kind of make it more compelling or throw some more content in there. I think it worked really well um, and the writers did a really good job of conveying the story as it was. So I'm glad they didn't go in that direction because they didn't need it. No, they didn't at all. I'm glad that they strayed away from that because to be fair, and I really liked the show Hannah, 
but it already had a very similar plot to the movie Logan. So I'm glad that at least it wasn't a little predictable in that way. Um, but the show was great, and I loved seeing those two actors together. Obviously, you and I were fans of the show The Killing, so to see uh, Lyndon and Holder uh, reunited together again. again. But <laughs> together again. Just only in this one they're trying to kill each other, which, you know, is great. It's fine. It's totally cool. I, I actually didn't know that going into it, Tia, that they were the two. I just started watching it. I had heard had heard people talking about it. There was a lot of buzz around the show. So I just turned it on one night and I didn't know that they were two of the main characters. And I'm like, what show am I watching? Am I watching the killing or is this a different show? Here we go again, you know? (laughs) Oh no. So to me, that was completely my appeal when it came to the show. I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of Joel Kinnaman, but to find that um, she was in it, which I think her name is Muriel Enos. Um, I could be completely butchering the pronunciation of that name, but uh, to know that they were both in it was great. Um, And they had already established in interviews that the two of them were not friendly in the show, that this would not be essentially them working together. It would be them trying to kill each other. And you know what? It made for great TV. So, again, if you're out there and you haven't watched Hannah, it's available on Amazon Prime. So, Go watch that. It's only like eight episodes. It's super short. It's not like a full 15-episode series. It's only eight episodes, and it's been renewed for a second season. So in case you didn't know that, it has. Um, But moving right along, Kelly, I'm going to give you the number six plot here. All right. So number six, I'm going to go with Gone Girl. Um, I've never talked about this movie with you, Tia, so I'm assuming you saw it, but, um, so we got Ben Affleck and his, you know, seemingly perfect wife, um, Amy, she goes missing and, um, Ben Affleck's character is named Nick in the movie. So he becomes the prime suspect, of course, anything with wife goes missing, they automatically look towards the husband. Um, but then we find out the big twist is, you know, she learned that he was cheating on her with one of his students, and she meticulously planned her whole, um, you know, disappearance and tried to make it look like he killed her. And it was such a crazy moment when you see her driving in the car um, and just how she planned out the whole thing, Um, you know. And even at the end when she, like, seduces her, um, ex Neil Patrick Harris and tries to frame him. She just overall was like her herself was like a major plot twist because she just kept throwing stuff into the mix to try to, um, you know, get everyone in the world framed for doing something. So um, I thought that was a really great plot twist. Yeah, and I don't think you and I have ever spoken about Gone Girl, and I'll just say really quickly that. I tried to watch this movie like twice before I finally watched it in its entirety. I don't know why, like the first 10 minutes to me just didn't grab me right away, right? So I knew that everyone loved Gone Girl. It, It was like critically acclaimed. People praised it. And I tried to watch it the first time, couldn't get through it. Tried to watch it the second time, couldn't get through it. And I was like, I don't understand what everyone is talking about with this movie, right? But then I finally sat down and, like, forced myself to get past the first 10 minutes, and I am so happy I did because it is, like, just one of the better films that I've ever watched. I mean, the dialogue, the plot twist, as you said, to find out that she orchestrated all of this shit was insane. Because you really sit there and you're like, oh, it could be the husband. It could be uh, Ben Affleck's character. I mean, he's looking awful suspicious. He's, you know, having an affair with, like, the young girl. I forget if she was, like, an assistant or something like that. But, you know, he's doing that, this and this and that. I mean, it kind of, and it's based on her, like, diaries and everything. And then to find out that she set all this up. She was like purposely writing things in her diaries to make it seem like he was the bad guy. Um, in all of this stuff, her just out there. It was so good. There were so many great quotes in this movie and I felt really bad for Neil Patrick Harris's character because he was essentially used as a pawn 
uh, in her great scheme of things. And I have to say that one of the best scenes in that movie is when she finally goes home and there's all the news reporters and she just collapses in her husband's arms and he's like, you bitch, I know exactly what you did. And she's just like, yeah, but you're going to be with me anyway. because Right, because then she actually blackmails him. She gets artificially inseminated and to make sure he stays with her. So, I mean, he just totally got screwed over in the whole film. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hilarious that she wanted so desperately to be away from him that she orchestrated this whole entire thing and then suddenly, like, feels as if, oh, he loves me so much, I have to get back to him. And she's like, look at everything I did to make sure that I got back to you. It's like, yeah, thanks. You pretty much framed me for murder initially. So thanks a lot. <laughs> I This is just... um you know, every marriages have uh, complications, but theirs was certainly uh, complicated, <laughs> to be frank. <laughs> yeah, this is a great choice. Um, I didn't even think about this when I was playing together in my list, but yeah, that completely took me uh, for a loop. It was completely shocking. And this author, who now I forget her name, do you remember the author's name of the original book that it was based on? Um, no, which is surprising. <laughs> I am a big <laughs> author person. Um, no, I can't remember. It's okay. You're like, Tia, why are you putting me on the spot right now? Jesus, it's like I know. 10.30 Thanks in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, my bad. But what I, really what I was getting at with that is that if you watch a lot of the movies that are based off of this author's book, they all are kind of in the same uh, feel of it. Um, there's always that, like, shocking plot twist and things are pretty dark. Um, I don't know what – I think it's literally called Dark Places or something like that, but it's on Netflix, and it stars Charlize Theron and Corey Stoll, and it's really good. Um, I wouldn't say it's – as good as Gone Girl, but if you're still looking for that same sort of like uh, underlying feeling that Gone Girl gave you, then I would definitely suggest uh, checking it out. Um, and Charlize Theron is absolutely wonderful, but Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and Rosamond Pike, and they did just a fantastic job uh, executing this. So I think that's a great choice for your number six, and I feel like I cannot live up to it, but it's okay. I'll try. <laughs> so it was written by Jillian Flynn. I looked it up. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, she, I've, this sounds bad, I've actually never read any of her books, but I've seen now a couple of the movies that her books are based off of, and considering that they're all done really well, then I would suggest certainly she's an author that you need to check out. Um, maybe there's right. an audio book. <laughs> she, she wrote the screenplay for Gone Girl 2. Um, I don't know about her other movies, but I find that when they actually incorporate the authors into the writing of the movies, that's when you get some really good stuff on film because they know the characters, they've been in their minds, they created the world and the story, so they're really the best uh, you know, vehicles for telling the story on film. Like uh, J.K. Rowling with uh, Harry Potter, right? <laughs> yes, and I may have put one of them on my list just because what would this be if I didn't bring Harry Potter to the table? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Love it. Um, I look forward to seeing if that's a choice, but um, I am going, I need to stop saying um so many times. I apologize for any listeners out there that I'm doing that, my bad. But I'm going to hit number five. And Kelly, have you seen the movie The Accountant? I have. Okay, good. I'm glad that we're relatively on the same page this uh, this list. I've had so many lists before where it's like, have you seen this? And it's like, no. Okay, well, I'm going to pick it anyway. And I guess I'm just going to have to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> but I'm picking the accountant, and I'm going to pick the moment that you find out that Ben Affleck's character and John Bernthal's character are actually brothers, because 
for those who've not seen the movie again, spoiler alert, we said that that was going to happen, that, and first of all, I think that The Accountant is a really good Ben Affleck movie. It's same with Gone Girl. I just don't know why he couldn't get Batman, uh, you know, correctly. But that's neither here nor there. I'll move on from that. So in The Accountant, you have Ben Affleck playing this, like, really highly intelligent but very much uh, socially uh, awkward individual. I don't know if they established uh, if he has Asperger's or maybe some level of autism, but he's fairly high-functioning. He's just very socially um, awkward and not very much into interacting with people. But he, you know, has like a day job pretty much, but he also is an accountant for some very dangerous people, such as people in the mob, blah, blah, blah. And then you have John Bernthal's character, who is essentially a mercenary who just pretty much kills people for work. And throughout the course of the film, their paths obviously crisscross, and you would never think that they are actually related because throughout the film, you do see them essentially squaring off of each other, but never face-to-face. And it's not until the third half of the, like the third act in the film that they do become face-to-face with each other. And it's the realization that the two brothers that we've seen in flashbacks as children is in fact the both of them. So to me, that was very much a shocking thing because I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, maybe there were a little hints here and there because, again, from the flashbacks, we never saw really what happened to the other brother. So for you to find out that the two of them who were essentially trying to kill each other throughout the movie are actually siblings um, was pretty crazy to me. So I just wanted to hit that on the list because uh, I love The Accountant and everyone knows that I love John it. Come on, tell the truth. <laughs> I, I I was getting there. I was getting there. You know, it has John Bernthal in it. But, you know, I love that everyone at Geek Vibes Nation essentially knows of my love for John Bernthal because they're not even surprised at this point when I put him on the list. It's all right. You know, I'm, I'm I, proud. I was expecting a few John Bernthals on the list. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but that was a, like, overall, that movie was a great movie. I'm I'm pretty sure it got uh, recognized and, and won a few awards for it, but um, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out, and I agree with you, Tia. Um, you know, you always wondered what happened to the other brother, um, and, you know, watching the whole film, I did, for some reason, I didn't put that two and two together, and I found that to be a major, you know, plot to twist as well um and didn't see it coming at all so I thought it was a, a great point in the movie where you were like oh damn didn't see that one coming <laughs> it's one of those things that I mean if you go back and rewatch it I guess you can see that maybe there are subtle hints but for someone who's a first-time viewer I think that they did a really good job in making sure that that wasn't something that you automatically connected and for the fact that, and then they have that like really awesome, like fight scene and it's super emotional. Um, and I kind of wanted a second one to find out like if they uh, ever kind of reconcile because at the end they kind of say like, okay, well, you know, you can pick up the phone every once in a while and call, but I'm like, all right, are the I think I heard that there is a second one in development and Ben Affleck is attached to it, but I'm not sure if John Bernthal is attached to it. And of course I need him to be attached to it so that <laughs> they can do like some like brother team up and go against some other external force. That's just me though. That's just what I hope for. <laughs> hey, I, I would be down for that as well. Exactly, and maybe they'll do another plot twist and they have, like, some secret sister out there or the mother's around. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Movies like to do shit like that, but uh, <laughs> I definitely wanted to get that on the list, and as you said, has Tom Bernthal in it, though. But I do promise, I do promise that my next few picks have nothing to do with John Bernthal, so just throwing it out there, all right? I got, I got the Bernthal <laughs> out there, and that's that's not all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but Kelly, I'm going to give you the number for pick and let's see what you got. 
All right, number four, Westworld. Um, and I know, Tia, you, you might have a Westworld on your list, too. So um, I have to say Westworld, the entire show, is a, a freaking mind, you know, plot twist. But um, the one I chose was Bernard. Um, him mm-hmm. learning his true identity, that he is actually a host in that whole moment. I know that there were a lot of people that had kind of seen that coming and predicted that coming, but I was not one of those people. Um, but I thought it really played into just the overall um, theme of the show, which is, you know, how we, how we, our realities manifest, what makes us human. Um and even like seeing that everything from Westworld was not happening at the same time um, and all of those different time loops. Um, so I thought that that was such a really good moment in the uh, show when Bernard had that, that whole just realization that, uh, you know, he was in fact a host this whole time. So, yes, I did have Westworld on my list, but this is actually not the one that I had on my list, so it's all good. I didn't see the Bernard twist coming at all. Maybe there are people out there who did, but as soon as I really legitimately thought that he was just a human and everything was good, and then you find out, um, like, I I forget what the uh, first kind of, like, reveal was if it was him saying what door or if it was him seeing the sketch of pretty much his uh his autonomy i forget which one exactly i think the i think the what door um was the catalyst for it okay i'm going to take your word for that because it just that was the moment where you're like oh shit he doesn't see the door and the host can't see anything that goes against, like, their programming. That was so shocking. And that, to me, was, like, a first big reveal in this series of pretty much big reveals to find <laughs> that out. Um, and the then when put, like, Westworld into the whole, just, the whole show is a plot twist in itself. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that was just insane to me. And you know, you find out that uh, Dr. Ford pretty much modeled Bernard after his old partner, Arnold, which that as well was like an added thing onto Bernard, which I have to say, I absolutely love Jeffrey Wright as Bernard. I can't wait to see him in season three of Westworld just because he did a fantastic job. And I know that season two isn't everyone's favorite, but I thought he did a great job in that season. I agree with you, Tia. And I'm excited for season three because it looks like it kind of uh, completely deviates from what we've seen in the past. Um, So I'm kind of excited to see where they go with it. It really does seem like it completely deviates from what we've seen in the first two seasons, which is good because if they continue on with that, it might get a little stale. Um, But if you haven't seen the trailer for the third season, it really just focused a lot on Aaron Paul's character and seemed very much um, futuristic, which um, just a small little tidbit of uh, useless information here. Uh, Westworld was a movie, which I think originally it was a book, but it was a movie back with uh, Yul Brenner was in it. And then they did make a follow-up movie called Future World. So I feel like season three may kind of touch upon those themes, but that's just my opinion here. And obviously I love that you did Westworld with Bernard. I'm going to piggyback and kind of shout out my choice because it's Westworld as well. And it's going to be, uh, it's a double-sided one, right? It's the fact that we found out in the first season that all the scenes that we saw with William and uh, and Logan were in the past and that William, in fact, is the young version of the man in black, the character Ed Harris plays, because I certainly didn't see that coming. I just thought that these were all different 
storylines and that at some point they were going to come together and that William and Logan were just two individuals in the park and that the man in black is having his his version of fun in the park of Westworld and that that was going on so that when you found out that everything you saw Ben Barnes and Jimmy Simpson's characters was the past and that William throughout the events of the first season then became Ed Harris's character. I completely didn't see that coming. That was insane to me because in the first season, you really kind of feel bad for William. You think that Logan is the extreme jerk, which let's not get it wrong. He was a bit of a jerk, but you think that William is just this really nice guy. And then you're like, oh shit, no, he turns into the dude who is just, killing every single host that he can find and is on some sort of warped mission because he thinks that Dolores rejected him and he's somehow a, uh, a quote-unquote nice guy. So that's going to be my pick. And Kelly, A, what did you think about that reveal? And also did finding out that William turns into the man in black, then kind of make you feel differently about William when you look back on the series. Well, that was, that reveal like made the whole first season. And I think that's why so many people didn't like the second season. Cause they were like, Oh, people really liked this whole like time loop thing. Let's do it 5,000 times in the second season and confuse everyone. <laughs> Um, you know, so I, that to me is why the second season didn't work, but, um, yeah, I agree. That was a great plot twist. I did not see coming at all. Um, did it make me feel differently about his character? I don't know if it made me feel differently about him, but what it did was it gave a backstory and it showed how it warped him into the person he was, or as we knew him. Um, so I think it was really important to have that storyline because you saw a different version of him and you just saw how he became corrupt and totally, um, enraptured by this whole idea of the puzzle in the world, um, in Westworld, um, and how that basically drove him insane to a certain point because he just could not deviate from this mission after he, you know, was rejected and learned about, um, you know, how everything works in conjunction with one another within the world. So I think that uh, I didn't feel necessarily any differently about his character, but I think it gave some depth to his character and um, shed a little bit more light on why he became or he was the person that he was. So I think it was it was highly impactful for that purpose. And I will say, um after finding out the reveal about that character, I did like that in the second season when they did have Jimmy Simpson return to play the younger version of William, that we got to see a bit more of the darker version of that character because it was no longer the object to try to make him seem like the super, super nice guy. So I did appreciate that because, Jimmy Simpson is a very talented actor and we were able to see more of his range because I have to tell you, I was super bored with William during the first season. The only part of those scenes that I actually enjoyed were Ben Barnes, Logan, because he was such a jackass. And we all have to admit that there's something lovable about the jackass in any movie or TV show. Um, but I really, yeah, that, took me for an absolute loop and I'm curious to see how they integrate Ed Harris's character in the third season because I do believe he is returning for it and so how they are going to pick up after they left off in the second season is going to be interesting um, at this point Kelly I think that we should assume that everyone is a host no one's safe <laughs> no one is safe you're right no, because you found out, um, shoot, I forget his name. I want to say it's Ashley, uh, the, the brother of Chris Hemsworth. I think his name is Luke Hemsworth. I don't know. But yeah. then, you find out that, then you find out he's a host in the second season. I mean, at this point, they're just like, you're a host, you're a host, 
Everybody's a host. <laughs> oh my god, Kelly, you need to make a meme about that because you're the best at making memes. <laughs> um, Definitely, yeah. Have to do that. But I should say that you and I just picked two Westworld moments. But as you said prior to that, the entire series of Westworld could just be considered a plot twist. So uh, just look out for the third season to see what the plot twist is. Assume nothing. <laughs> but we are down to our second plot um, of this top ten. We're going a little quicker than we usually do just because it's just the two of us. Normally I have about three or four people, so obviously when you have that many voices, it goes a little longer, but we're doing a little bit of a quicker show this morning, which is perfectly fine, and Kelly, you have the number two slot in this uh, in this list of ours, so tell me what you got. Oh, I have so many other things on my list. I'm like, what should I choose next? Um, uh, okay. <laughs> we'll, have, I'm gonna... we'll have an honorable mention, don't worry. Okay, okay. So I think I'm going to go with um, Big Little Lies. Um, when we found mm-hmm. out Alexander Skarsgård's character was um, Jane, who's, uh, I never pronounced her name right, Shailene Woodley, um, her character's rapist. Um, I did not see that coming at all. I mean, I, we knew he was not a great guy. There was a lot of domestic violence in his relationship. Um, but for some reason, I just never saw those two storylines connecting. So I thought that was a, a really cool plot twist. And uh, I mean, that whole that series as a whole is fantastic. I'm I'm watching the second season now. Um, Kia, did you watch Big Little Lies? I watched the first season. I haven't gotten into the second season yet because I'm waiting for it to all come out and then just binge it. Yeah. Yes, I'm not surprised by that. Um, yeah, so what did you think of um, that reveal? Did you see it coming? No, absolutely not. As you said, we always knew that Alexander Skarsgård's character, who I believe his character's name is Perry, was a piece of shit um, yeah, because okay. of obviously how he was treating his wife. But never did I see that he was the one who raped that character and he's the father of her child. Exactly, exactly. And I think um, the way they wove that together, they did such a beautiful job of because it really like brought all these characters together. Um, and I think, you know, the, the overarching storyline about how everyone in this community had seemingly perfect lives on the outside, but, you know, underneath had all of these troubles and all these different things going on. And then Jane, uh, you know, Shailene Woodley's character comes in and she is all sorts of messed up and just kind of throws a wrench into everyone's lives. Um, You kind of think if she never came to the area in the first place, would she have ever come to the realization that, uh, you know, he was her rapist? So it was like all the cards kind of fell perfectly in line to set it up for the reveal of him being um, her rapist. Yeah, and I like that they kept the storyline of her child's father very much in the shadows for the majority of the series because it did add to that mystery. You wanted to know, you wanted to know what this big story was that she obviously was hiding from everyone. And to find out that it was Perry all along, I mean, I think that if maybe you go back and look, there's little subtle hints, but again, nothing that would stand out right away. I mean, she was talking about how, like, good-looking he was and how he dressed very well and he was very charming. And we obviously saw that Perry could do that in certain lights, but then obviously behind all of that, he was just a horrific human being. And I didn't see it coming at all. And as you said, it really kind of threw a wrench in everyone's perfect little lives. But I think that that's one of the beautiful things about Big Little Lies is that everything does seem perfect, but underneath all of that, there's just all these things that these characters are hiding, and finally they're coming to the surface. And that just, oh, I love that series in general. Like, I love women coming together and the fact that they all came together at the end to pretty much end this man was the best shit ever. 
Right. You definitely have to start watching the second season because it gets good. Yeah, I'm hearing really good things. I'm hearing that Meryl Street is giving such a great performance, which is no surprise at all. I mean, it's Meryl right. Street. How many how many Oscars has that woman won? <laughs> I, I know. She is great, but like, when is she not? So. <laughs> so, yeah, Big Little Lies is a fantastic show um, from the first season alone. I know that I'm going to like the second season. I just... Again, I'm a binger. I binged the first season. I got to binge the second season. So as soon as that's all done, I'll let you know uh, what I think about it. But I'm sure it will have nothing bad to say. Um, so that's a great, great pick. I have to say that that wasn't on my list, but I thought about it. When I was thinking about plot twists to mention, I almost thought about putting that. But I was like, all right, let me put all these others. So I'm really glad that it at least made it on the list here. Um, and again, we are down to the number one spot in this top 10 plot twist in television and film. Um, as always, I'm going to go through the list first before I say what my pick is. Normally, I don't get the number one spot, but that's just how it worked out today. Uh, so for number 10, is the haunting of Hill House with the I put down the next twist lady. Did I get that right? <laughs> the bent the bent neck lady. But yeah, the neck twist lady. Anyone who's seen the show would know what you're talking about. So <laughs> Okay. So that's what I put down there. Uh number nine is Billy Russo portraying Frank Castle. Number eight is the plot twist in Get Out. And number seven is uh finding out that Eric is not Hannah's father in the show Hannah. And number six is the plot twist reveal in Gone Girl. Number five is The Accountant. Number four is Westworld, finding out that Bernard is a host. Number three is Westworld again, finding out about the man in black and the fact that it was uh, William uh, who turns out to be the man in black. Number two is Big Little Lies, finding out that Perry was uh, Jane's rapist. And number one, I feel like you'll appreciate this, Kelly. I'm picking an American Gods moment, and it is going to be—it <laughs> is going to be finding out that Mad Sweeney was the one who killed Laura Moon. Now, I will let you know that I did read the book. I read it afterwards, and they definitely do reveal that Wednesday was the one who orchestrated Laura Moon's death but they never put in there that it was Matt Sweeney who did it because he actually had a very small, small, small role in the book. They expanded on that in the show. So this is something that they did specifically for the show. Oh, my God. That was insane to me because, first of all, Matt Sweeney is like a favorite character of mine in American Gods, and I loved him and Laura Moon's, like, just functional road trip that they were on because they were equally horrible human beings and to put them together where they can just bitch at each other was just great entertainment but then you have these little moments where you see the humanity behind both of them and when it's revealed that Sweeney was the one who killed Laura things kind of make sense because if you go back and watch Sweeney had tears in his eyes when he challenged Shadow in that bar in the first episode. And you realize it's because he, that's what he did, and he's feeling guilt over it. And it's the reason why he is on this mission with Laura. Like, you can say, yes, it's the coin, but he had his moment to get the coin back, all right? They flipped the ice cream, well, ice cream truck flipped over, her chest came apart, and the coin popped out. He could have just grabbed it and kept walking on his way. But he didn't. He put it back in her, and he was determined to resurrect her so that he didn't get his coin and she can go on and live her life because he was obviously feeling guilt. And not only did that establish this extra layer in him and Laura's relationship, but also kind of saw also kind of showed what hold Wednesday has on Sweeney and how essentially Sweeney is his, essentially his errand boy because obviously Mr. Wednesday told him this is what you need to do and he went off and did it. So, yeah, 
when I found that out, when that shit first happened, I was like, oh, my God. I saw it kind of coming, not in the sense that I saw it, like, you know, early, early, but in that episode when the car crashed and you saw the boots kind of walking towards Laura's dying body, I was like, oh, my God, is that Sweeney? And then it's revealed that it was Sweeney. So that's my choice. I'm going to stop uh, ranting and raving right now, and I'm going to ask you, Kelly, what you thought about that. Um, I loved Madge Sweeney and Laura's dynamic. Um, their whole bicker relationship thing was great. And I like kind of, I have, I wanted to ship them. Okay. I wanted them to be together. I, Me just, too. I, don't know, I, I loved them together. And um, yeah, no, didn't he say when he put the coin back in her body, didn't he even say something like, I thought I owed you one or something like that? Um, so I don't remember exactly what he says when he puts the coin in her body, or are you talking when he is like shouting out in Gaelic pretty much? Cause I looked at the translation of that and he's pretty much just saying, I'm not a bad person. Why is this happening? I'm not evil. I'm not. Oh, see, I didn't know that. No, I was talking about when, uh, he, the coin popped out of her and he he put it back in and I, I believe she said something like why did you do that because again this whole time he had, he had been following her around for you know quote unquote the coin but clearly there was something so much more to that and I think again like you said there was a part of him that felt a lot of guilt and realized he would he was doing these acts that um, you know he uh, Wednesday was telling him to do and he wasn't even putting any thought behind it. He was just doing what he was told to do. Um, and this one really just hit home with him. Um, and I, he was definitely with her for more than just the coin. And that act alone showed that there's a very deep redemptive quality to his character. Um, and I thought he had said something when she was like, why'd you put the coin back in me? Not, you know, they, in a more eloquent way that they said it, but I thought he said something like, I thought I owed you one this time or something like that, which kind of like was the whole background of, okay, so he did feel guilt for what he did and he wanted to make it right. And I think you're right. I just can't remember what it is at the exact moment, but she does find out that he's the one who caused the accident because when they're at Easter's house, and she's essentially grabbing him by the balls. And he's like, I did it. I'm the one who killed you. And she's like, okay, but no, you were acting on the behalf of a god. What freaking god was it? And then he reveals, obviously, it was Wednesday who did it. Um, but, yeah, you know me. I was a huge uh, shipper of Mini and Laura Moon. I want that shit to happen so badly. Um, and... Spoiler alert, Sweeney does die in the second season, but we saw Laura carrying off his body, so I'm going to sit here and hold out hope that Sweeney comes back for the third season, even if it's, like, towards the end. I'll be fine with that, but I, I, I can't have my shit. I can't have my shit die, because let's just admit that Shadow and Laura, that ship has sailed. It's not going to happen again. Yeah, that ship should have never even, you know, set sail. <laughs> no, I know. It just didn't make sense at all. I Listen, like, Kelly here loves Shadow. <laughs> she is a big fan of him and that actor <laughs> for yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but um, for me personally, I can talk about American Gods all day long, and that is not the object of this list, but I had to put it as the number one because that certainly was an insane plot twist and just kind of acted as the catalyst for much of the series, especially between his and Laura's relationship. So, yeah, we got through the whole entire uh, 10 plot twist moments in movie and TV shows. And now comes the time for our honorable mentions. I know, Kelly, that you had some on your list that you didn't mention. So just give them to me and what do you got? 
Okay, I'll do a quick rundown. So mm-hmm. um, one of them, I have to say Harry Potter because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, obviously, we knew this. Well, I knew this from the books, but I think for the people who just watched the movies, um, when Harry finds out that Snape was actually protecting him from Voldemort this whole time, I mean, literally the whole entire series, it's like his one of his mortal enemies. And um, to find out the whole time he had loved Harry's mother and um, all of these things he, he did was to protect Harry. Um, it was, it's just such a beautiful moment and a really good plot twist. So that's one. Um, I, another one was American Horror Story season one. Um, when you find out Violet was actually dead for like several episodes without, you know, us as the audience realizing it I thought that was a really crazy plot twist um and my other one was Shutter Island um Mm. when you find out that Leonardo DiCaprio's character was actually not a U.S. Marshal and he was a patient at this insane asylum I thought that was a really good plot twist so those were a few on my list that I just need to shout out real quick Yes, exactly, because there's so many. I mean, we could have had probably a top 20 or did, like, a series of plot twist episodes. But, yeah, that certainly those um, should get a little bit of a shout-out. You know I don't read Harry Potter, and I haven't really seen the movies, but I remember when that one movie came out and it was revealed that um, uh, Alan Rickman's character was essentially a good guy. And people are freaking out about that. And me, who is completely ignorant about the series, is like, wait, isn't that supposed to be the bad guy that people don't like? And he essentially was, like, on the good side this whole time. So that certainly, for people who don't read the books, would have been a shocker completely. Um, As far as my list, um, I'm going to kind of – I hope you don't mind, Kelly, I'm stealing from you a little, but we had talked about this beforehand that like Westworld, Black Mirror could be essentially considered a plot twist because every episode has that little moment. (laughs) (laughs) And really quick, I just wanted to highlight the episode playlist where you find out that the guy who you thought was in this whole video game this whole time essentially was brain dead the entire time. To me, that was a complete, like, mindfuck, and I just wanted to turn off the TV and reevaluate my life after that. Um, Another plot twist I kind of thought about when we were talking about The Punisher and it's finding out that Jessica Jones killed Luke's wife because I didn't see that coming at all. And I thought, wow, that is just such an intense moment. And I guess the last thing I wanted to highlight was there was this show called Revenge on ABC a few years ago. Really fantastic show. It lasted about four seasons and very intense. But finding out that uh, the main character's father was alive this whole time because the whole entire plot of the series is her enacting revenge on her father's death and against the people who she believes uh, orchestrated the events that caused his death. And for you to find out that he was, in fact, alive this whole entire time was a complete and utter shocker to me. So had to throw that out there. But as we said, Kelly, there are so many moments that we could have highlighted. But I think we did a pretty good job today. It was actually hard to put together a list. I mean, like, there was, like, ones that I wanted to mention but, like, weren't worth a conversation, like, finding out who Gossip Girl was. I mean, that went on for seasons and seasons without knowing who that was. Um, But, yeah, I agree. I mean, we probably should have made this into, like, a, like, three-part series, Tia, because there's (laughs) so many good plot twists. Um, But I think we did a good job. Well, you know, maybe in like six months we can revisit it after other shows and movies come out and we make a list and we'll be like part two. I think we can do that. (laughs) Definitely. But Kelly, I do thank you so much for, uh, first of all, being on the show. Again, this is your first time on the top 10. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Of course. And and even giving us this topic because it certainly was a great one. And 
just before we wrap everything up, I know you got a lot going on, and I want you to have a moment to kind of promote yourself and tell everyone where we can find you and uh, what we should look out for. Sure. So you can find me on my website. It's kellycantrowitz.com. I'm not going to spell it out for you, but you can find it on the Geek Vibes website. Um, or you can follow me at Twitter at kcantro, um, and I'll keep you up to date with all that's going on there. Yes, uh, Kelly's got a lot going on. She's an insanely talented writer, a wonderful contributor, and certainly make sure that you go follow her and keep up with all of that. Uh, please make sure you take a look at our website. It is geekvibesnation.com. Again, if you were using the gvnation.com URL, you can still use that. It will reroute you to our new website. That way, at least we have our full name in the URL, which is great. Uh, you can find a lot of my content there. I'm uh, a contributor for the site. I do these top 10. Later on today, me, Juwan, and Nick are going to be doing the Geek Vibes Live at Flurry, so be sure to check that out. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, Tia, T-I-A, F-A-B-I. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Uh, that is so corny. I don't know why I said that. That's the 90s kid in me coming there. But uh, oh, <laughs> tell him what I do thing. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I said that was such a 90s statement. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're 90s kids here. But, yes, yeah, so, Kelly, thank you for joining. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.